0: Section 13 of The Rural Magazine and Literary Evening Fireside, Volume 1, Number 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Karen Margaret. The Rural Magazine and Literary Evening Fireside, Volume 1, Number 2, by Various. From the National Intelligencer on the grapevine with its wines, brandies, and dried fruits. Number one. No principle of action in the business and industry of the United States has been so beneficial to them as the adoption of new objects of culture by the planters and farmers, whose old objects of culture were likely to become redundant and to fall in price. Cotton and sugar are well-known and important examples there are good grounds for estimating our whole cotton of our best year september eighteen seventeen to september eighteen eighteen at forty-two millions of dollars according to the price on the wharves of our seaports for that which was exported to foreign countries and the price at our factories stores and dwellings of that which was manufactured at home It is now manifest that the East Indian and South American cotton greatly injure our markets, and as this arises from growing, permanent, and substantial causes, there is reason to expect the continuance of the injury to us from the foreign rival cotton cultivation. A brief and plain view of the history and prospect of cotton will be found in the Philadelphia edition, A.D. 1818, of Reese's English Cyclopedia by Murray Bradford and Company, under the article or head of the United States. The facts there stated, with many known subsequent circumstances, will give rise to serious reflections in the minds of the landholder and the statesman, upon the subject of the protection of the productions of our own soil. The industry of the landed men of the United States is manifestly and unalterably much greater than any and then all the other branches of our domestic or national industry. The mercantile and manufacturing branches result almost entirely from the landed industry. While, therefore, the legislative and executive governments raise revenues of 275 to 60% on a great quantity of foreign cotton cloths from India and Europe, and a greater revenue from the foreign manufacturers of tobacco, and a still greater revenue from the foreign manufacturers of grain, of fruit, and of the cane, to the great fundamental and convenient support of American manufacturers, and while they are free to go further if they find it right in the joint encouragement of our agricultural and manufacturing industry, it will be found beneficial to the landed interest to inquire into other means of promoting the prosperity of the colossus of our country, the agricultural industry. There can be no doubt that between the sites of the vineyards of the Lower Schuylkill, Southwark of Pennsylvania, Butler of Pennsylvania, Glasgow of Kentucky, New Vivay of Indiana, and Harmony of the same state on the north, and the coasts of the Gulf of Mexico on the south, The United States possess the climates and soils of the vine-covered hills and gay regions of France. The sweet orange grows in safety in groves and gardens in the vicinity of New Orleans at a greater distance from the sea than any place of equally safe growth in Provence or Languedoc of France. As our country shall be cleared and drained, our climate will be still less severe in the states on the Mexican Gulf. In the north, our climates of new Vivay and Harmony in Indiana, Glasgow in Kentucky, 37 degrees to 38 degrees 30 minutes north, which are the present northern extremes of successful experiments in the vine cultivation, are as favorable and mild as the climates of Champagne, Tokay, Lorraine, Burgundy, and Hochheim, which are fine northern regions of the vine in France and Germany. Between our New vive in Indiana and the Gulf of Mexico, the states of Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, South and North Carolina, Tennessee, Indiana, and large parts of Virginia and Kentucky must give us all the vine climates of France, Germany, Switzerland, and Upper Italy. The vine district of the United States is much larger than all those vine countries of France, Germany, Switzerland, and Upper Italy. The crop of wine and brandy in the vine country of France alone, though our vine country is more than twice the size, has been estimated at one hundred millions of dollars. Let us then consider the propriety of a diligent inquiry into the cultivation of the vine and the preparation of wines, brandies, dried fruits, and cream or tartare in the United States in order to maintain the prosperity of the landed interest by the variety and prices of our crops. The present duties on foreign distilled and fermented spirits and liquors, brandy, gin, rum, arak, wines, beer, ale, and porter, and on dry fruits, though laid for revenue, afford a great and sure encouragement to the establishment and the manufacture of the grape. The demand will increase with our population, and the facility and certainty of the culture and crop will grow with the clearing and draining of our country. Ridges, hills, mountains, rocky lands, and any steep ground—gravelly, stony, sandy, and other inferior lands, if only dry—will yield profit in large crops or in fine qualities of wine, or both. Fresh and dried grapes are both favorable to health and frugality. Ripe grapes have been administered to whole regiments of troops in France, who have been ravaged by fluxes and dysenteries. The quality of wine computed to be produced in France is 10 millions of casks of nearly 30 gallons each on two millions of arpents, not two million acres, of land. Often not fit for wheat, rice, or tobacco, valued very low, on a medium at 50 francs the cask or French hogsheads. This is three times the value of the cotton crop of the United States on a medium value produced in 1818 or in 1819, and demands our early and serious attention particularly from the Gulf of Mexico to the end of the 39th degree, when the country in that degree shall be cleared and drained in its wet or marshy parts. It has been already observed that ridges and hills are the most suitable shape or form of country for vineyards. The most proper exposure is from southeast to south. It is believed that all southern exposures will do. The propagation may be by seeds or by cuttings or by bending and covering a part of an old vine so as to make it grow out in another place at a proper distance. The plough is of much use in the cultivation, so that care must be taken to plant the vines at such distances as to facilitate the use of the plough and the harrow. The best grapes which can be obtained should be used in order to put the culture forward. These may be foreign or American, native or imported. A harsh grape to the taste may produce a better wine than was expected, and more and better brandy. The finest grapes of Europe and the African Isles are supposed to be native wildings improved by culture and selection. The region of the plum and peach appears to include the region of the vine. Although the south is the proper sphere of the grape, its cultivation there will leave the bread grains, tobacco, hemp, the grasses and cattle to the more exclusive and profitable culture of the states north of the proper region of fine and abundant crops of wine. We pay annually to foreign nations a sum of money for wines, spirits, and materials to make spirits, and for fresh and dried grapes, as great as our whole specie medium. So important is this subject, in various points of view, to all the states, that it is respectfully recommended to the superintendents of all our public agricultural and philosophical libraries to procure all the treatises on the culture of vines and making of grapes which are to be found in the languages of France, Germany. Spain, Italy, and Great Britain. The experiments made at Harmony in Pennsylvania, at Vivay on the Ohio, and Harmony on the Wabash, both in Indiana, merit the utmost attention of the United States. It appears that in the present uncleared and uncultivated state of the country, Harmony on the Ohio in Pennsylvania was probably too far north for making wine, though not for fruit that Vivay and Harmony in Indiana are more suitable climes for the wines will appear from the following letter from a respectable gentleman at Vivay to a very respectable friend of his, lately on a visit to Philadelphia. It is dated the 28th of August, 1819. The intelligent and experienced writer from Vivay thus expresses himself. He thinks the whole of Alabama doubtless better adapted to the culture of vines than the more northern country of the United States because the only two species of grapes that succeed in the United States are of the late sort, having not time at Vivay, Indiana to ripen. The Alabama season being longer will give more time, especially the Madeira grape, which gives the best wine of the two, where it can ripen and yields most. But it will not do at all at Vivay and does better at Glasgow, Kentucky. The various gardeners at Kentucky can furnish some. Vine dressers would go to new vineyards from Vivay. They have had 500 gallons of wine per acre at Vevey, more often 150, and 260 is a good crop. The Madeira grape would give more than the Cape of Good Hope grape, where it would prosper, but must have time to ripen to be good. Of the labor, much may be done by women. They do about half. The men trim, make layers to fill vacancies, plow, harrow, hoe, and carry the grapes, and make the wine none of those works are heavy but trimming requires attention and discernment for the vine dresser must look two years before him when he cuts each scion women never do it though light work he has seen many women do it as well as any man a little work in vineyards is to be done by night with lamps when the grapes have got their size the crickets not of the house or field eat in the night the bark of the stem of the bunches and ring or girdle them so that they die they injure the bunches rapidly. They must be watched and searched for with lamps by night and destroyed. He says the native vines will not do to graft good kinds of grapes on. He has tried it often without success. Grape vines grafted on the same kinds do well, yet they are a different tree, being dioic, while the viniferous kinds are hermaphrodites. I have found the same wild vines in Switzerland, and the kind called sour grapes makes pretty good wines, but are a smaller bearer than the grape vines. They are in Morrod's Vineyard at Glasgow, Kentucky. The Spanish grapes of Mexico and South America should be tried. They have been long cultivated. He is raising grapevines from the seed to obtain flavor and quantity of wine. The vine is of long life, but it is 10 or 15 years before it bears fully from the seed. Variety, however, is an object. Vines planted by cuttings, which have taken root freely in the first year, bear fruit in three years. In five, they are in full force. He has considered and inspected the vineyards of Europe and the cultivation by the plow and otherwise. It is to be studied to save labor and make the greatest crops. If the fondant vert will grow as well here as in Switzerland, eight hundred gallons per acre might be made. They cultivate by the plow in Languedoc, about Montpellier and Lunel. We make wine here to be like Madeira and sell it at thirty-seven and a half cents per quart and $1.25 per gallon, but cannot make enough to send abroad or to keep for ripening. Morod made a cask of 800 gallons full of wine of last vintage to be kept 18 months or two years. He has seen wine made of grapes like Vivet at Glasgow, in Barron County, Kentucky, better than Vivay wine. The grapes were gathered a fortnight before the Vivay grapes. It is probable that wine of the banks of Tennessee will make one quarter brandy, if of Cape of Good Hope grapes, common proof. Vivay yield one-fifth, the best cider one-tenth. So do the best Burgundy wine, and that of the border of the Lake of Geneva in good years. The strongest of all the wines that I know of is that of the south of France and Spain, which yields one-third brandy. The peculiar mode of vine cultivation at Vevey, Indiana, is worthy of attention, being a combination of various European modes and American improvements added to the country. Some young men bred at Vivay would be useful in other places. Mr. D. thinks the blacks may be taught to cultivate vines. So runs and concludes the letter from the judicious writer at Vevey of the United States, settled by persons from the original Vivay of Switzerland. It is very instructive and would seem to prove, as so much of our country continues in the wood and forest state and with many undrained swamps, making a humid atmosphere and a moist soil. Vevey, in 38 degrees 30 minutes, is not yet perfectly so favorable as the vicinity of Glasgow in Kentucky, where a dry, hard soil occasions the grape to be freer from injury by moisture of the earth and of the air. Glasgow is about one degree and one-half more southern than Vevey. These indications are distinct, nice, clear, and strong in regard to the vine climate of our country, at present and in prospect. In the hilly Spanish colonial country of North America, about the twenty ninth degree of north latitude, south of the Rio Bravo del Norte, there is authentic evidence in a report to the government that the vine grows well though its culture was forbidden by the crown, produces good crops of fine wine, and supplies the province and its neighbors That country being as far south as any part of the Floridas, it is ascertained that where this country has become or shall be made dry enough and cleared. The vine region runs to the southern limits of the United States, even if we should maintain our right to Louisiana in extenso, in consequence of the apparent frustration of our offer to limit ourselves by the Sabine. The most distinguished wine of Spain is the true and best Jerez, or Sherry, of the district around the city of Jerez de la Frontera in Andalusia. The vineyards of that district are in situations corresponding in temperature with the most extreme southern parts of East Florida and Louisiana it is interesting to our inquiry that all the portuguese european wines are produced in situations north of xeres such as those called by us the lisbon the Caravella, the red and white port or oporto it is observable also that the malaga or sweet and dry mountain wines of spain long highly esteemed by medical men those of alicante and catalonia which three kinds we principally import and all the spanish brandies we consume come from districts as far north as that of Xeres. The wines of Castile and other interior districts of Spain which are consumed at home, and are not exported, are from places also north of Xeres. We can have no reason to doubt, then, that as our country now is and shall in future be cleared and drained, and if ridges, hills, and mountainsides with southern exposures shall be carefully selected, the most southern of our states, territories, and districts Will be as suitable for the vine, its wines and dried fruits, as the most proper and fruitful parts of the peninsula of Spain and Portugal. The works of travelers, agriculturalists, and men of distinction in the arts and sciences, upon the subject of the vine and wines and dried grapes of Spain and Portugal, are therefore strongly recommended by our best interests to the attention of our citizens, especially concerning the vineyards of Cheres, Saint Lucar, Malaga, and Oporto. The Portuguese send to us no brandy, the Spaniards a little of that spirit which is not estimated as good. It seems from the excellence of the French cognac brandy, the best and the farthest north of any denomination of brandy which we know, that the extreme south is not the most favourable for the delicacy, though it is for the quantity of that spirit. The set brandy of France is not liked here, but it has been said that much Armagnac brandy is used in Paris. The celebrated French chemist of the grape and of distilled and fermented wine spirits was a native of Montpellier, and took very great pains to improve the vine and all its liquors in that southern region. A Friend to the National Industry. Philadelphia, November 1st, 1819. End of section 13.